Let's all please stand. Hungry in God's word, and it's John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were created through him, and without him nothing was created that was created. And in him was life, and the life was the light of mankind. The light shines in darkness, but the darkness was not has not overcome it. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. Happy Easter, happy Resurrection Day. Last week, we spoke of a sermon called The Old Testament Messiah. We spoke about how Jesus always has been and always is and always will be. How Jesus is God and how in God there's a trinity. There's God the Father, the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. We spoke of these things. If you missed it, you can find it on YouTube or Facebook. You can find those things. We spoke about the Old Testament Messiah. And in the Old Testament, a couple things. First of all, in Judaism, in, in the Jewish faith, uh, which is the Old Testament, they spoke about how the Messiah was on his way. The Messiah was going to come. They spoke about all this. And in this, he was on his way. He always has been, always will be. That's Jesus. Jesus, the Son of God. They spoke about it. It had been spoken about for a very long time. And in fact, we spoke about how there was two types that we spoke about. We talked about the prophecies. There was over 300 prophecies throughout the Old Testament. Over 300. Most of them have already been. They've already occurred. Some haven't yet. But they're going to occur. Rather be in the book of Revelation. And some are in the book of Daniel and Isaiah and others that have it because they're going to. They're about to. Going to. But most of them have already occurred. We'll talk about some of that here in just a little bit. But then there's others. The pre-incarnate Christ, which is a pre-existence Christ, and over 11, at least 11, happened where he showed up before. Either in angelic, for, angelic form or in other ways. Sometimes he showed up as a cloud. And then other ways we talked about all that. We talked about that last week. He showed up. Today, we're going to talk about the New Testament Christ. That's the title of today's sermon. Last week was Old Testament Messiah. This week is New Testament Christ. That's the title of today's sermon, New Testament Christ. So let's just put all that on the line. Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He wasn't just, wasn't just where he was the Messiah. He is the Messiah. He is the Christ. He is the way, the one way. I'm put it out here to you so you can see it. Sometimes people are left-brainers or right-brainers. They sometimes need to see the sign put out before them. Jesus is the way. He is the way. The one way. The only way. He is the way. The truth. The life. Can you see it now? Is that good for you? The one way. Number one. The only one. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you, Whiteout, for helping me out there. <laughs> that took a whole waddle. <laughs> All right. Now I got your attention. 
That guy's tension. He is the way, the one way, the truth, the life. Listen to what it says in Acts chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. You're going to like this. You know how it talks about him? That, that stone that went before as a door. Listen to this now. Acts chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. It says, he is the stone you builders rejected. Okay, he's talking to the Jewish now, to the Hebrews. This is Paul's talk, or, or excuse me, Luke wrote this, but I believe it was Peter speaking here. He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Jesus is the cornerstone. He's the cornerstone. There is no salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men, which must be saved. And you can see it. Throughout all these other beliefs, I'll just say these goofy, hoofy, hoofy beliefs. There's there's religions all over the past with that's mean. People believe what they want to believe. Folks, I don't care. I'm not going to lie to people. I'm not going to tell them that they're going to go to heaven when they're on their way to hell. I have lost weight, believe it or not. You can't tell by looking. I've lost weight before. I have gone under many, 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 many diets before. I have gone out there and shopped for things that say light on it. And you look at the calories, and it's, it's like 475 calories a, a carton. Listen, that's not light. You can say this light, but there's only one way who is the light. There's only one way that is the life, only one way that is the way. And you can say light all you want to on it, but if it's going to send them to fat camp, it is not light. And if there's all these other ways that say it's the way, and it's not the way to heaven, it's a lie. And I'm not going to send people to hell saying, well, do what you want to do. No! There's only one way it's going to send you heaven, and it's Jesus Christ, and he is the way, the only way, the one way unto heaven. And if you want to go to, through one of those ways that makes you feel good, but it's going to send you, then no, I'm not going to lie to make you feel good. You can feel good all the way until you're there into hell. And every other way sends you to hell. And no, I'm not going to lie just to make you feel good when you're on your way to death. No. What does it say in John 14, 6? John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's it. Goodbye, let's go home. I'm joking. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, oh, Pastor, that's really quick for you. You bet it is. In the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, there are prophecies of plenty. There are 300 prophecies, and we won't go through all of them today. I'm kidding, of course, like I did last week. But I do have 53 prophecies written down, and we're not going to go through them all. I have about 30 outlined, and we're not going to go through all those. I will mention one or two. I even have some scriptures written down, which we could go through a couple. I don't know that I will. I do have it with a little clock written down, but I do this every week. I have some with clocks. A little drawn by it. Why? If you have time, Pastor, you're you have a big mouth. You talk too much. And I do this so that in case you have time, boy. So I do that so that because sometimes I look at other people going, We got stuff in the oven. No, but this is this is so that this is so that in case I have time, if not, it's okay, you can skip this one. But sometimes I look at say, I don't want to skip this one, so do it anyway. But I am gonna mention to you what's in this, what's in these. Uh, Old Testaments. I may not tell you where they're at. I might, but here's what I'm going to do. For those of you that will come later, I am going to give you copies of all these prophecies. I want to give you copies later in black and white because I don't know if we have enough color uh, in our uh, copier here. However, 
I am going to give you copies of these so you can look them up yourself. And there's more than these. There's 300. There's all 300 on this. There's 53 on this. It's not numbered. I have to count it myself, poor Phil. Okay, so here we go. It says in the Old Testament, Zechariah 2.10, and Zechariah 2.10 says, God fulfills the promise to dwell among his people, and he does. He came and lived amongst the people. It was fulfilled in John chapter 1.14. It tells us that. He came and lived amongst us so that he could show us it's going to be fulfilled. It said that he'd be of the tribe of Judah. It said that in Genesis 49, he'd be of the tribe of Judah. By the way, that's why it says it's a lion. That's why Jesus is the lion. Jesus is the lion because it's from the tribe of Judah. That was the symbol of the tribe of Judah, was the lion. That's why it says that he's the lion, and he is. It also says that in Revelation, he's the lion. And in Matthew chapter 1, verse 1 and 3, he says he came from the tribe of Judah. In that same place, it says that uh, of another thing that he came from. And what is it? And talk about Matthew chapter 1. And what is that? Well, in Isaiah, Isaiah says a lot. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7, it said he'd be born of the king of the lion of King David. That was a promise, by the way, of God that from David would come the Messiah, Jesus. And he did. And we see that not only in Matthew chapter 1, but also in Luke chapter 1, verse 32 through 33. There came the Messiah. It came from them. And by the way, on both lines of the family, and I mentioned that before, it came from both from Mary and also from her third cousin, Joseph. Both of them. There came Jesus. He was related to both. Okay. So, even though Joseph was not his biological father, his stepdaddy, he was still related to Jesus. So, remember that. Remember that. He was family. Okay, and then we see that he would be called Emmanuel, God with us. This comes from Isaiah 7.14. We get two promises come true in Isaiah 7.14. He gets to be called Emmanuel, Isaiah 7.14, and he'd be born of a virgin. A virgin. That's impossible, Pastor. You bet. But not for God, because the Holy Spirit came upon Mary, and she would have a child. Isaiah 7, 14. But guess what we find out? From that, that came true in Matthew 1, 18, and also Luke 1, 27, and then uh, also Matthew 1, 23. That's where they, 22, 23, says that he was called Emmanuel. And by the way, by the way, if you had a King James, I'm letting you know this. If you have the King James and you go to the New Testament, Emmanuel spelt with an E, not an I. Why? Because it comes from a, a, a different writing. It comes from Greek. And I'm telling you, it's because people say, see, they can't even spell right. No, it's because it came from a different word. It's okay. But I'm telling you this just so you know. If people say, see, the Bible's not right. No, it's right. It's just because you got to understand. Okay. So then what is the other promises that come true? Well, let's see. Receives gifts from kings and be bowed down to. That's from Psalm 72, verse 10 through 11. It came true in Matthew chapter 2. Then he'd be called out of Egypt. See, that's the other thing. People say, see, they couldn't even get it right. One said he'd come from Bethlehem. One said he'd come from out of Egypt. One said he'd be this. One said he'd be that. He said he'd come from Nazareth. He'd come from... It all came true. He came from all those places. It said he'd be born in the town of Bethlehem of Judah. That was in Micah chapter 5. It came true in Matthew 2. They say he uh, come out of Egypt. That's from Hosea chapter 11, verse 1. That came true also in Matthew chapter 2. They said he'd be a healer. That was in Isaiah chapter 29. That came true in Matthew 11. They said that he would care for the needy. That was spoken about in Psalm 72. Guess what? Luke chapter 7. That came true. 
It said he'd take up our pain and bear our suffering. We know that that was in Isaiah. That came true in Matthew chapter 8. He said he'd be a servant of God in Isaiah 42. Matthew chapter 12, we see that to be true. He's speaking parables and in hidden meaning. We know he, he spoke in parables. Even though we see that's true in Matthew, it's true in all the Gospels. Matthew spoke in, or God spoke in parables. Jesus Christ did. It said some people's hearts would be callous towards him in Isaiah 6, 9 through 10. Matthew 13, 13 through 15, we see that's true. They were callous. They wouldn't hear. We see people are callous even today. Let's just take a look around and see how many people are here on Easter morning. Now, this is great. I'm so glad to have you all here. But don't you remember the time when you couldn't even hardly get to a church on Easter morning? There'd be so many people. You see people walking in. They wouldn't be talking about getting chocolate from the Easter bunny. They'd be so big. They wouldn't be worried about meeting with their families. They'd do that later on. But Jesus came first on Easter. You remember that? Because Jesus is the reason for Easter morning. It is the reason for the resurrection day. But now, oh, I can't. I don't have time for Jesus. My mama's busy making macaroni casserole. Folks, if you don't have time for Jesus on Easter morning, what are you doing worrying about mama's macaroni casserole? Come on now. Come on. I don't know how a macaroni casserole came into this, but, but. It said he'd have great zeal for God's house, the temple, and he did. It said he'd be a good shepherd who cares for the sheep, and he did. It said that he would come to Jerusalem as a king riding on a donkey in Zechariah 9 9, and he did in Matthew 21. It said that he would make a new covenant in, Je in Jeremiah 31, and he did in Luke 22. It said he'd be hated without reason in Psalm 35, and he did in John. You see, they hated him, they hated him. It said he'd be rejected as a cornerstone in Psalm 118, and he was in Matthew 21. He said he'd be sold for 30 pieces of silver in Zechariah 11, and he was in Matthew 26. It said he'd be betrayed by a friend, and he was. It said that he'd be the shepherd struck, and the sheep would be scattered. And they did. It said he'd be accused by false witnesses, and he was. Said be he be afflicted, but remain silent, and he was. You remember they were trying to give him a talk, and he. I'm not always giving that gift, as my mom says, set on my tongue. Said that he'd be sinless, and he was, and is. Said he'd be despised and rejected, and absolutely was, and is rejected to this day. Said that he'd be beaten, struck, spat upon, and mocked. It says that in several places in Isaiah chapter 50, verse 6, in Isaiah 52, verse 14, in Micah 5, 1, and it happened in Matthew 26, 67, in Matthew 27, 30, and in John 19, 1 and 2. It said he'd be given gall and vinegar, that's sour wine, to drink. And he, uh, he did. It said that he'd take our punishment upon himself to bring peace and healing, and he did. Soldiers would cast lots for his clothing in Psalm 22, 18. It said this, and it happened in John 19. We saw it. He'd be thirsty during his execution, and he was. It said he'd feel, listen to this now, he'd feel forsaken by God. Remember, I mentioned this the other day. He'd feel forsaken by God in Psalm 22, verse 1. My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? 
Psalm 22, verse 1, he said that. He said it, you heard him say it in Matthew 27, verse 46, and also Mark 15, 34. My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? That's why he said it. He's quoting. He was quoting. Yes, it said in Exodus 12 that he would be the Passover lamb, slain, slain a male without blemish and no broken bones. And all that's true. He's the Passover lamb. He would be pierced, as it said in Zechariah, and he was. It said he would defeat Satan and break Satan's power, and he did. He did. He defeated him. He defeated him so that I could go like this all over Satan. And I can, and I do. He said he'd be raised from the dead, and he was. He said he'd be victorious over death in Isaiah 25, 8. And we've seen that it happened in John 2, 19 through 22, and in other places, but it uh, says it again, it repeats again, in 1 Corinthians 15, 54, Jesus Christ defeated death. He's victorious over death. He rose again. That's why we're here on Easter morning. He did all these things. There's so many other things I could say, but I won't. I won't. Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He is the Christ. There is no other way. There is no other truth. There is no other way unto God. He's the way, the truth, the life. This is where... The lost like to say there are other messiahs in the world. Yes, there were other people who claimed to be the Messiah. You go through history and you'll find the Buddhists, you'll find the others who try to tell you there's other messiahs. And there were people who claimed to be. And it's true, there were other people who were born. There are other people who did things that some would call miracles. And guess how much they have in common? This much. And guess how much many miracles they perform? None. They have this much in common. They were born. <laughs> Little to none. My brother Matthew and I were speaking just the other day how they'll say, yeah, they rode on a donkey. And that's usually what happens in common there with Jesus. Yeah, they rode on a donkey into a town. You know what? I rode on a donkey. No, I didn't. I rode against donkeys. But besides that, I'm just joking. That being said, that being said, the fact of the matter is this. People can ride on a horse. I rode on a horse once. A horse didn't appreciate it. Here's what I am saying to you. You can ride on donkeys. That doesn't make it Jesus. But you can have Jesus in your heart. That you can have. You can have him living in you. You can have, uh, even if you rode on a donkey today, that doesn't make you the Messiah. Just because you may have one or two, were you born in Bethlehem? Even if you were born in Bethlehem, Missouri, that doesn't make you the Messiah. Come on now. There's no other Messiah, no other Christ, no other way, just one, only one. Many saw and knew immediately he was the Christ. They knew, and by the way, the Christ, the Messiah, is the same word, just different languages. One is in Greek. One is in Hebrew. Messiah is in Hebrew. One is Greek. And what does it mean? It means he's the anointed one. That's what it means. He's the anointed one, the chosen one, the one, the Lord God who came. And he did. He was the Lord in the flesh what it means but others knew immediately listen to this john 1 john chapter 1 41 through 42 the moment that jesus appeared guess who knew right away my middle namesake my middle name 
It's Andrew. That's my middle name. Isn't that pretty? Andrew. I like it. Uh, Andrew, he was the first disciple. By the, I'm talking about the first apostle. He was the very first one. He knew right away he was one of uh, John the Baptist's disciples. But he knew right away that he was the Messiah. Listen, listen to this. He first found his own brother, Simon. You know, Simon Peter. He's found Brother Simon and said to him, We found the Messiah, which means the Christ. Then he brought him to Jesus. When Jesus saw him, he, being Jesus, said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. There he changed his name. He changed his name. Then let's go to Matthew 16, 15 through 17. This is where Peter knew who he was and knew without a shadow of a doubt. Listen what Jesus says here. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Because he said, some people say I'm this, some people say I'm that, some people say I'm these. Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. By the way, Jonah, John, come from the same namesake. So said Simon, son of Jonah, uh, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. By the way, the moment you asked Jesus Christ in your heart, which he hadn't gotten to do yet, of course, God speaks to you through his spirit, the Holy Spirit. Listen to him. Don't listen to the voices around you. Don't listen to those people. You listen to the Lord God. He speaks to you every day. Well, I believe, I feel that God is telling me this. Don't listen to that. You listen to me. No, you listen to the Lord God. You don't listen to those people on the news. You don't listen to the people out there. You listen to God through his word, through the Holy Spirit. He's the one you need to listen to. Okay, moving on. Now, Peter knew. This is what Peter says in 1 Peter 2.24. He talking about Jesus. He himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness. By his wounds we were healed. He's now quoting scriptures from before. He now knows. He knew. He knows who Jesus is. He lives within him. He knew him personally when people said, how do they know who he was? He knew him personally. He knew from the get of the go, and now he knows who he is. He's living within him, and he walked with him. He talked with him, and he walks with me, and he talks with me. Folks, Jesus Christ can walk with you and talk with you every day. He was the Old Testament Messiah, and now he's the New Testament Christ, and he could be your best friend, your loving Savior. He's God the Father who came here and could be with you daily if you want him to be. And if you have him and you don't hear from him, that's on you, not on him. Because you're not listening. And I know because I've done it. I've done it. I was like, I did that. Stop up my ears and not listen. And they say, I don't know why I don't feel close to God. Yes, you do. It's like not taking a bath for four days straight. I don't know why I feel so icky. You do too know why you don't feel, you feel good, why you don't feel clean. Grab a zest bar and get to washing. By the way, I'm not commercialing zest. Not whatsoever. Grab the word of God. Get to wash it. Okay. The woman at the well knew who he was. He told her straight out. Listen what it says in John 4, 25 through 26. John 4, 25 through 26. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things that Jesus said to her. Listen, he says straight out. He's not beating around the bush. He says straight out. Jesus said to her, I who, uh, I who speak to you am he. He's the Christ. He's the Messiah. He's the one. 
There's many others who knew. Folks, even the demons knew who he was. This scares me. Not because there's demons. I know there's demons. But even the demons knew. And there's people in this world who don't know. Partially because the demons are blinding them. Demons cover their eyes all the time. You can't see he. Why can't you see him? Because the demons and Satan is covering their eyes. And some people who say they're of Christ can't see. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Listen to what it says in Luke 4.41. Listen to this now. Luke 4.41. You're going to want to remember this. And demons came out of many, crying out, You are the Christ, the Son of God. But he rebuked them and did not permit them to speak. He said, Shut up. He did not permit them to speak because they knew he was the Christ. Folks, I'm telling you, there are demons around even now. People say, oh, that's old-fashioned. It is old-fashioned that demons have been around before we were. But it doesn't mean they're not here. They're here. They're here. They're in movies. They're in music. They're in schools. They're everywhere. They're even in the world where people misteach it. They might be in the things you love. They might be in the things you hate. They might be in the people you know. They might be in the people you love. What I'm trying to tell you, they're not in you, Christian. They cannot, listen, they cannot take over you, but they can manipulate you if you allow it, okay? They cannot possess you, but they can oppress you. They can manipulate. Oh, you sound like one of my old-fashioned grandparents. Good! I'm glad you had grandparents like that. I'm glad you had grandparents that believed, that knew the truth. I don't believe that, and that's why you get manipulated. Because you don't keep your eyes open to the truth. That's why you're a fool. Because you don't believe. That's why you say, I don't believe, I don't see it, so I don't believe it. Well, folks, blessed are those who do not see, yet they believe in the Lord God. And the same is to the truth that is in God's word. Yes, it's real. Listen now. Some would not accept Jesus, and yet they saw the Messiah, and yet they still would not accept the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior. And some still won't. And here's what I want you to see, that at the time, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, people who had zeal, wanted God to come so bad. They had been waiting since the time of the Passover lamb. They had been waiting for the Messiah. They had been waiting for Christ. They had been waiting their whole life and more for Jesus to come, for the Lord to come. But they were waiting for God on their terms, on their way, the way they wanted him, and yet they would not receive him because he did not come all in the, the package that they wanted him to be in. They wanted to see Jesus like a warrior to destroy the Romans, to destroy the Greek, to destroy the people that they didn't like. They wanted him to come in, in a warrior way, in a manner in, that the Jewish wanted him to be in. And they didn't like it. They didn't like it. They didn't like it. And some still don't. Some still won't. Some still won't see him. There are still people right now in Judaism still won't accept him. I know what I see all the time on uh, on television. I just do. He thinks people are silly who accept Jesus Christ as the Messiah. And I love him. And I pray for him. I don't know him personally. But I pray for him. He can walk around with a uh, little thing on his head. That's fine. That's up to him. Uh, if I did, it would be a, a toupee, <laughs> but, but, uh, it looked like a little tribble from Star Trek on my head. Ooh. But anyway, the fact is, is, uh, it, it doesn't matter what you wear in your head because unless you have Jesus in your heart, unless you have the Messiah in your heart, 
you're not going to heaven. Most of the people, by the way, most people in the world haven't asked Jesus in their heart. Most of the people in the world haven't received the Messiah. Most people mock Jesus, even this weekend. How many people mock your pastor? I've been mocked on Facebook. I've been mocked in, in the, all sorts of places I get mocked, and I don't care. It doesn't bother me. You can mock me all you want, especially if it's for that reason. Mock me. It's okay. Mock Jesus. We know. Jesus was mocked. He was spit upon. I've been spit upon before. Literally. I've been mocked before. Literally. It's all right. Uh, if you're going to get mocked for something, make it count. Jesus gets mocked. He gets made fun of all the time. If you get your feelings hurt, so therefore you're not going to speak about Jesus because you don't want to have your feelings hurt, I dare say, buck up. Be courageous, not cowardly. Be courageous and be a soldier for Jesus. I'm going to speak about this coming real soon. Real, real soon. We're going to speak about it. And we're going to talk about how we need to be courageous for the Lord. They hated him. They would not accept him. Many, many still won't. Even some who say they know him. Some who proclaim to know Jesus still won't. Some who claim to be Christians still won't proclaim him. Oh, they may say they know him, and that's between them and the Lord, but I'll say this. They say they know him, and yet they won't talk about him. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't want to offend. Don't want to offend. Folks, to say you know Jesus is to offend. It is to offend. Why? Because they hate him. They don't want to know the truth. Listen, listen. Listen what Jesus said to the Jewish, and I'm not talking about Jewish race, because that's Jesus. Jesus was Jewish. I'm talking about those of the Jewish faith, Judaism. Listen what Jesus said. Okay, they hated him, and Jesus called them out. And yet, he still loved them. But he did not love what they did. They were working for someone else. They were working for God. They said they knew God. They said they were of God. And he said, no, you're not. You're not of God. You think you're of God. They might have been ignorant to what they did. They might have been so foolish Thinking that they were doing God's work, they weren't doing God's work. There's a lot of people right now, like Christians and others, who think they're doing God's work. Oh, God says love all people. Yes, He does, but He doesn't say justify foolish living. It's a fool who says there is no God. It's a fool who goes and lives outside of God's will. It's a fool who says God loves people who are living in sinful lifestyles. It's a fool who says God made me this way. God made me a man in a woman's body. God made me a woman in a man's body. God made me gay. And all these other things. No, he didn't. He loves you, but he doesn't love what you're doing. God didn't make you that way. He loves you despite the fact that you're lying to yourself and living in a lie. Listen, I don't hate anybody. I don't hate anyone at all. But I will say this. I hate the devil who lies to you. And God is honest. Jesus is honest. And it's funny how they can't even see John chapter 8. Listen to what it says in John chapter 8. John chapter 8, what he said to the Pharisees. Straightforward, no wonder they hated him. Listen to what it says in John chapter 8, 42 through 47. Oh, read with me now. John chapter 8, 42 through 47. But pastor, I know people like that. Well, good. I'm glad you love them. I do too. I love them. I love them with all my heart and soul. But I love them enough not to lie. I love them enough to be loving despite all that. But loving enough to tell them the truth. With all that. Because you can do so. You don't have to be cruel. Listen to what Jesus said to them. To the, to the Pharisees. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and proceeded into the world. 
It did not come of my own authority, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speaking? Because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father, who was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and a father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? If I speak the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear them because you are not of God. Folks, when we love the Lord and do with love, I'm not talking about being uh, condescending. I'm not talking about uh, condemning. I'm talking about being of comfort, being of compassion, but yet doing love in truth. Truth and love at the same time. Tell the truth to people that Jesus loved you enough. He loved you enough to die for your sins. And yes, it's sins. If you're a liar, you're a sinner. If you are alive, you're a sinner. But Jesus died for you and he wants to save you. And if a person is lying about living in sin and won't come to Jesus because I'm good enough the way I am, no, you're living a lie. Bring them to the truth. Everybody, what do we say? Well, we'll get to this in a second. But all of us need Jesus. There's not one person who doesn't need Jesus. And if anybody is lying to themselves and saying, I don't need Jesus, they're listening to the liar himself, the father of lies, and they're no different than the Pharisee. Don't let them go down that light without telling them. Pastor, I can't control them. I know you can't. But folks, do just like Jesus did for you. Speak to them. Speak to them. Let the Holy Spirit do the speaking, because that's who spoke to you. First Peter chapter 3, 15 through 16 says, and this is to us. First Peter 3, 15 through 16. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Always be ready to give an answer to every man who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. And fear. Fear means respect. Have a good conscience so that evildoers who speak evil of you and falsely accuse your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. If we are loving and if we are kind, I'm not talking about being condemning on any No, but if you come to them in love, kindness, compassion, and always be loving, always be loving, they cannot help but feel that Holy Spirit calling out, come home. Come home. Jesus loves you. God loves you. Come home. Come home. You can be my child today. You can be my child, Jesus says. You can be my child. Jesus is that Old Testament Messiah. Jesus is that New Testament Christ. He's the anointed one. And he's calling out to you today. Maybe you were saved many years ago. And you've been living in sin because you had strong temptation against you. Maybe you can't think of a sin that you've been living in, but you know that you haven't been living correct. Maybe you have had temptations upon you. And maybe there's times you just not have been living as strongly as you should. And you think, you know, 
I really need to get that right. I understand that. I've done that too. I hate to say this because it makes me feel really bad, but there's been times in my life where I've been running from God. There's been times in my life where I've been living sinfully. There's been times in my life where I've been uh, not as strong as I should. I think I've done, okay, maybe not everything, but I've done a lot of things that just about everybody has been in their Christian life for the good and for the bad. But I know one thing. When you turn around and you run back to the arms of God, don't ever turn around again. Run towards Him, not away from Him. And stay focusing towards Him. Listen what it says about Jesus in 1 John 2 2. 1 John 2 2. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Of the whole world. Amen? Amen. 1 John 4, 9. In this way, the love of God was revealed to us that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. And this one, I'm sure you've heard once or thrice. John 3, 16 through 18. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal, everlasting life. For God did not send his Son to the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And as I say so often, Romans 2.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And for any of you at home or here, anyone who's watching, there is a prayer, even in the Bible, to ask Jesus into your heart. Now many times people say, well, there, there really is no such thing as a, a prayer of, of uh, salvation. What is that prayer in the Bible? Well, I realize that some say there isn't one. And they have looked it up. But they can't seem to find it. Well, the truth is, a prayer is within your heart. It's not the words you say. It's not so much the words you say uh, verbally. It's what you say spiritually. When you believe. There's not such thing as magic words. Abracadabra. Save my soul. It's what you say in your heart and believe with all faith in his grace. Believe that Jesus is the one, the only way. He is the atonement. He is that Messiah, that Christ, that New Testament Christ. Fulfilling the new, the Old Testament Messiah that he has promised from the get of the go, even from Genesis chapter 3, whenever the sin came into the world. He was the lamb that was slain for us. He was that Passover lamb when the blood was put upon the doorframe and he could be the doorframe blood upon the doorframe of our heart. He is the Messiah. He is the one. If you pray that he will be and will save you from all your sins, I don't know how many sins I've done. Well, guess what? It doesn't matter how many sins. He, he will, even if you don't want, you're going to hell and you've done more than one. The fact of the matter is, is Jesus Christ will save you from every single one with one death because he didn't stay dead. 
He rose up on that Easter morning. He rose up the day after Passover. He rose up on that resurrection day. And he's alive today. He's never died again. He ascended. And one day he will descend and take his children home. And you can be his child. And I am going to read to you Romans chapter 10, 9 and 10. Listen to these words. In verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It doesn't say you may be, it says you will be saved. For with the heart one believes into righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Confess. For all sin. Confess. Believe. He's risen up. He's risen for you. So that you can go into heaven. I far from deserve to go to heaven, just like you. But Jesus Christ paid it all. My debt has been paid. And if you believe, yours has too. Hallelujah. Amen. I started off this sermon last weekend, this week, by reading you John 1, 1 through 5. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were created through him, and without him nothing was created that was created. In him was life, and the life was the light of mankind. The light shines in darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. And I will finish today by reading you John chapter 1, 9 through 14. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world. And the world was created through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own. And his own people did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, he gave the power to become sons of God. To those who believed in his name. You were born not of blood, nor the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, the glory as the only son of the father, full of grace and truth. If you have been blessed, like I've been blessed, to come to know his truth and let that grace live within you, you have nothing to fear. When you leave this world, you're going to be welcomed home. And you're going to be walking amongst the moon. You're going to be able to bow to him and walk with all the other children of God. That may be today, tomorrow, 10 years from now, but it's going to happen. And you have nothing to fear. Even though we see a world falling down around us, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. People may be saying horrible things to you right now. You may see horrible news, but I've got good news for you. Good news is that Jesus Christ has risen. He has risen and before too long, he's going to come back and you will also rise. You will arise. You will arise and you will be going home. Upon this Easter, upon this Easter, upon this resurrection day, you can feel good about your life because you have a life that will go beyond this world beyond the sky and into your home where Jesus waits for you. And he's with you every day. Let's bow.
Dear precious Heavenly Father, thank you so much for coming to be with us. Thank you for being with us in the Old Testament as the Messiah, as pre-incarnate Christ, and thank you for being with us in the New Testament as the Christ. Thank you, Lord God, for living with us, for, for performing miracles, for saving us, for dying and rising again, for saving us, Lord, who are afraid of death, for defeating death. If there be anyone here who has any questions about you, Lord God, I pray that they will come. For anyone, Lord God, who, who questions their health, I pray they come forward. Or for anyone who's watching from home, I pray, Lord God, that they will call, or Lord God, that right now they call upon you. I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that this will be a day that differs from any other, that we remember just how important you are to us. I pray, Lord God, that their eternity be different today than it was yesterday. I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that we remember this day, not just once a year, but every single day of our life. Lord, I pray this in your holy, precious name. Amen.